0: Hello, welcome back to the Life on the Rest podcast. Hope you all are doing well today. <clears throat> um I'm gonna be discussing Watches and Wonders. I, I I know we we haven't really covered it on um on the Life on the Rest podcast, but <clears throat> what we're doing is covering it a, a lot heavier uh, a lot more on our <clears throat> website and our um and our um YouTube channel. So if you are interested in getting some more watch and, watches and wonders content from Life on the Rest, be sure to head over to our website or you can check out our, our YouTube channel where you will get some videos and all of the releases that have co- come out. Um, we've uh, covered uh, Rolex so far, we have a couple videos coming out this week that will be covering some more of the pieces that have been released at Watch & Wonders. What's really exciting about this year is that I think there was some great showings by these brands that um kind of make uh, are making kind of interesting conversations for for the <clears throat> people who are interested in these watches um, I think a lot of the times you'll you'll c- go prepare for one of these and then you'll kind of be disappointed because it seems as if everything that was released was sort of already um out there and it just didn't seem like something completely new but I feel like this year we got a lot of really cool pieces uh, really cool pieces that have been released and so I'm going to be discussing a couple of my favorites. Um they're from brands that you know and love and um <clears throat> I think they're worth sharing with you. So I'll be um I will be sharing my thoughts on on my favorite pieces. I'll also discuss a watch that I think was will be a commercial success but is an interesting choice by the brand who decided to to release it. So without further ado, let me jump straight in. I wanted to talk first about um, Patek Philippe. Patek Philippe has released um, a couple of very interesting watches and we'll be covering them on our website. So stay tuned for more about their their releases. But something that they released recently is the Patek Philippe Calatrava with a new interesting um, doll dial to it. The reference is the 5226G and this piece is um, on face value. It's a Calatrava 40 millimeters white gold case um, hours minutes seconds and a date complication. But what I find really intriguing about this watch is instead of getting that classic very you know uh, cream or white or ivory dial that you get on a lot of Patek Philippe Calatravas, what you're getting is a lacquered charcoal gray dial um, with a black gradient rim. When you see this watch, I think it it obviously is hitting home with a lot of the vintage collectors. When you look at it, you've got these applied hours, you've got this sort of faux patina yellow um, tone to the hour markers, the uh, hands of the, of the watch that match the strap that comes with it very nicely. And so this watch is sort of pulling on the idea that these sort of vintage or aged dials is something that's very, very popular with uh, collectors. And the reason why I'm so excited about it is because I think the Calatrava travel line is a, obviously for mo for many people, it is sort of an entry into the brand. It's a place where you sort of start with Patek Philippe and you move into buying maybe more pieces from them. And what they've sort of done with this is given some diversity to the color travel line, and allow you to allows a buyer to say, do I want something that has a little bit more of an interesting dial that I can enjoy looking at and wearing? And so the fifty two twenty six is um, is a perfect example of that. I'll hint at my next my my video coming up, but this isn't the first time. Um, th- this isn't the only watch that. Patek Philippe uses this sort of dial for the watch. And so if you are interested in, in knowing about that, stay tuned for our, our video tomorrow, which will be on uh, Patek Philippe. And you can check out our article as well. The watch overall is 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 wonderful. You have a beautiful display case back, automatic movement. Um, comp- the, the date is perfectly placed at three o'clock. I think this is a real knockout and um, very exciting to see them release this. So that was one of my favorites. Along the same lines, um, Patek Philippe had uh, some other really, really cool releases. Um, Salmon dials are obviously extremely popular. One of the watches that they released was the Patek Philippe 5172 Chronograph, which is with a Salmon dial. Salmon dials are popular. It makes sense that they would go for them. What's really cool about this piece is they've done some work to add a real bright luminescent to the to the dial, which I think is a nice backdrop to this sort of salmon salmon dial dial that you are getting with this with this piece. As you know, chronographs are one of my favorite complications. I think Patek Fleet makes them incredibly well, um, and so the 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 5172G is in white gold. Has um, round chronograph pushers, two chronograph display. Um, and again, like I said, applied hour markers with with sort of white white um, finishing to them that uh, has a lot of luminescent material to allow you to see it in the dark. One of the things that I think is really interesting about the 5172 is the lugs. If you look at the lugs of this watch, there is a beautiful sort of stepped uh, three th- three stepped lug that you have the pleasure of laying your eyes on. Um, I think it gives the watch some some depth. It also, if you look at it from the side, gives it qu- quite a nice um, sort of curve towards your 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 wrist, and just looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, and so, again, beautiful movement, ca- display case back, um, and a and a wonderful release from Patek Philippe. The next brand that sort of captured me this this year. <coughs> was um, Vacheron Constantin. Vacheron Constantin is one of my favorite brands ever. I'm actually wearing um, my Vacheron Constantin Reference 31100, which is the 90s version of the Chocolaton. And Vacheron had some really phenomenal releases. One of the pieces that I think is um, a, a standout this year is the 222. So, if you didn't know, Vacheron Constantin made a made a watch that was very very similar to um, the Audemars Piguet Royal Oak, the and um, the uh, Patek Philippe Nautilus um, back in the nineteen seventies, and it was the reference two two two. So you had an integrated bracelet, sort of a round squarish case feel to it, and um, it really hits home with the with individuals who are looking at trying to you know I guess vintage collectors who are looking for pieces that would um, would feel a little bit more on the sportier side of things. And so this year, what they did was they re-released this piece. When I say re-release, I mean to a T. This watch looks exactly like the original two 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 they it's a yellow gold cased yellow gold bracelet um real 70s look to this watch and it is ba- basically picture perfect to the original 222 that 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 came out in in you know the 1970s uh it comes with a automatic movement the 1120 um movement, which is uh, a uh, phenomenal caliber and is also used uh, by uh, Automapigui, and so the original with the 1120 was in the original 222, but now they are using an incredible reference 2450, or excuse me, caliber 2455-2, which is an automatic Vacheron movement with a beautiful 18 karat yellow gold rotor so you're getting a ton of gold on this watch comes complete with the Vacheron Constantin logo at um, the bottom right hand corner of the of the piece which was exactly the same as the original Maltese cross that, that you saw in the original 222 and so this is if you wanted to know a watch that was true to the original design of the first watch that they released of this of that series this is exactly what you're looking at What's really interesting about this piece is when I first saw it I I really loved it. And then I started thinking to myself and seeing it on people's wrists and I thought, you know, is this really fitting in with sort of the modern era of watch watch collecting watch interest, interests? I think for sure um the the piece is uh true to its true to the original creation of the piece. Uh you you will not get something that is uh, as close to to the original as this as this watch is, um, and so if you are interested in sort of that aesthetic or that's how you sort of dress or collect, I think you're looking at a great watch. But if you're looking for a watch that sort of fits in with the modern era of watches, this watch might be a little bit of a miss for you. Um, it's it is when you think about sort of watches nowadays. Sure, there are some individuals who wear all gold watches, and and it fits very nicely into into that. But at the same time, I do think that there is something a little bit um, a little bit different uh, about this piece. So that was one of the pieces uh, pieces from Vacheron Constantin that I really loved. Another watch that I really loved that Vacheron Constantin released was um, an incredible, an incredible, incredible overseas tourbillon skeleton watch. It's the reference 600V. It comes in two variations, in 18 karat pink gold and in titanium. This takes their classic overseas um, watch, skeletonizes the the dial of it, and um, adds a tourbillon at 6 o'clock. I think this is a really smart move by by Vacheron Constantin. I know Audemars Piguet has a very, very similar watch to uh this piece uh, and um and so sort of moving in that direction brings the um overseas in in competition with 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 that automapigi um i love the overseas i think it fits really well um pulls on a lot of the same aesthetics as um those other steel sports watches that that i you know patek philippe um, royal oak um excuse me <laughs> ex- wow, I mixed those two up there the Patek fleet Nautilus and the uh, automa piggy royal oak um so very very similar aesthetics to them, and sort of brings the overseas along along with the journey. I have to admit the um skeletonized dial of this piece is um really beautiful i think the the overall picture that I see when i when I see this piece is um is uh something that's um, something that's really highly finished by Vacheron Constantin and demonstrates the ability of the brand um, to create pieces that are um, that are of uh, extreme quality um, and so uh, a, another piece that I really loved I think a, a watch that, that from Vacheron that, that also really stood out to me was um, the Vacheron Constantin traditional Perpetual uh, Calendar Chronograph. This is a, uh, like I said, Perpetual Calendar Chronograph in uh, Platinum. Um, it's 43 millimeters, so it's a little bit on the larger side. But something that I think Vacheron did really nicely with this piece is I think they hit hit home with the um, proportions of this dial. A lot of the times when you see some Vacheron Constantin watches and you look at the proportions of the subdials and the different complications that they have on the dial, you you sometimes feel like there's something missing or the use of space was a little bit off. Um, And so the 5000T, which is the watch I'm speaking about right now, really does that uh, really, really nicely. You've got teardrop lugs, excuse me, teardrop lugs. You've got teardrop uh, pushers, sort of those rectangular pushers that you see on a lot of vintage pieces. like a vintage universal geneve very similar pushes to that platinum case which looks incredible Um, salmon dial with sword hands applied um, white gold hour markers Um, and then when you think about the complications you've got your hours minutes small seconds perpetual calendar and moon phase and then you have a column wheel chronograph if you want to know about beautiful movement construction, you should take a look at this piece because the column wheel is the column wheel chronograph is beautiful. It has the Maltese cross. Um I think the the finishing on the on the bridges are are absolutely phenomenal. And then when you turn it over and you take a look at that moon phase, I think the details that you have on the moon phase of this piece are just um are just second to none. 43 millimeters is big, but I've seen it on a, on someone's wrist, and it doesn't look like they have such a big wrist. And I, I have a feeling it has to do with the way that the lugs are integrated with this with this um, case. I think they they really do um, do look very, very nicely. When you think about other perpetual calendar chronographs, that this watch is going to be competing with, there are um, there's the you know Patek 5270 50, 50 there's the Lange uh, Datagraph Perpetual Tourbillon and so there's competition in this in this arena but I do think Vacheron did a really nice job with proportions of this piece with creating a movement in the uh, 1142 QP that can compete with with these other pieces and um, I mean what a beautiful watch one last watch I wanted to just quickly touch on for this podcast and that is a watch from Tudor. Tudor released the um a, a Black Bay GMT uh SNG with a root beer uh bezel. Now, obviously Rolex um root beer GMTs are a very, very popular vintage variation of, of uh, Rolex watches. It's something that is um something very, very popular. And I find it interesting that well, interesting. I think Tudor realized that this is a popular model and released a piece that is going to sell commercially very well. It's a 41 millimeter GMT complication piece. It's the reference M79833MN. Um, you're getting everything that you ever need. GMT complication data at three o'clock with a rupier bezel. The watch itself has a stainless steel uh, case with a gold bezel and is running on the um, Tudor manufacturer caliber MT5652. Cost certified and get this all of this for 5550 US dollars. It's not a limited edition, so it's going to be in regular production. I do think it democratizes in some way the um, root beer bezeled uh, uh, sports watches that I think a lot of people people desire. It's going to be a commercial success um, and pulls on the best of the best when it comes to Tudor Rolex. I'll push, I, I want to push this, though, and, you know, you have to push your watch brand forward, and using a previous model can can work, and I think this one is going to work phenomenally, and I think it's a beautiful piece. Um, but I hope that Tudor does something, maybe releases something later in the year that pushes their brand forward and pushes the boundaries of what they can do in watchmaking, so we will have to see what comes of, of that. Congratulations to all the brands who released pieces, I apologize if I missed, I probably missed a ton of pieces that were released, um, but you can, I can only pick a couple. Um, stay tuned and check out our website and our YouTube channel for more coverage of Watches and Wonders, we're going to be covering a ton more brands than we discussed in this podcast, so stay tuned for that. If you are new to the Life Runners podcast, be sure to follow us, so you are the first person who gets to listen to these podcasts when they are released every single Tuesday. If you wouldn't mind reading this podcast, it really does help us out. And with this said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And until next time.